Hello and welcome to the Fit and Free podcast. This is a podcast for women who want it all, to feel strong and confident in their bodies, as well as enjoying a sneaky mug on a Friday night. I'm an exercise physiologist and sports nutritionist here to teach you how to achieve your body goals without food and your body controlling your life. So let's jump in. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Fit and Free Potty. First of all, I just wanted to touch base with you guys, a little life update. Number one, I am loving all your feedback from the podcast. So please keep sending me your DMs. I love chatting with you guys. Love to hear it. Love to see it. If you are listening, don't forget to take a screenshot and tag me on your Instagram story so I know that you're here with me. (laughs) A bit of a vibe. Life update. So lots to update you guys on. Like right now, currently, I'm sitting in Bali. However, when you're hearing this, I am going to be in Amsterdam. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm so freaking excited to move into city vibe. And like, call me crazy. I'm so excited to be wearing jeans. I'm so excited to be wearing a jumper. But that's simply because like I've spent, you know, the last 10 months living in Indonesia where I literally start sweating as soon as I go outside. And if you have curly hair, you'll probably relate to this in the fact that you walk outside and all of a sudden your hair is a mop. Full on Hermione Granger vibes. So it can be a bit frustrating because I don't, I like my hair to look nice. Who doesn't? So I know, first of all problems. But I am very excited just to simply to be wearing, you know, cozy clothes and trackies and, you know, jeans and stuff like that. Even though we are going into summer, like it is, we're going to European summer. Oh my God, I'm so excited about that. First European summer. The Netherlands is not like your full summer vibe, right? It's not Indonesia. Um, so we're flying to Amsterdam and on that exact weekend, my bestie just happened to be in Amsterdam. So, oh my God, you have no idea how excited I am to see her. So we're going to be spending full day together. Then we're going on a little vacay. Actually, we're going on a family holiday with Niels's family, which I'm really excited about. We're actually going to the Caribbean. We're going to the Dominican Republic. So like quick stop to Amsterdam, then we're flying to Dominican Republic and then we're coming back. And then we're going full-blown summer vibes. We're going to the Malfi Coast. Yes, so cliche, but so excited about it. Um, and then we are also going to the Greek islands as well. Oh, my God. So many things, and I'm so excited. So get ready for European summer content. At the moment, I'm currently building my wardrobe as well. Um, I'm a little bit afraid that I'm going to run out of time, but I just made an order off Jerf Avenue and I ordered a blazer and some really nice pants and a shirt, which I'm so excited about. It's going to be there when I get to Amsterdam and yeah, just I'm full on vibing. So that's that. Other than that, everything in terms of the Fit and Free Academy is absolutely thriving. All of the girls are absolutely killing it and I am loving watching their progress. They're getting stronger, better relationship with food, getting periods back, fueling their bodies correctly, just like an all-round vibe. And the community is just like, it's so nice having so many like-minded women together and it's just so amazing that it's just like, this is what we've created and it's just so fun. So Loving every aspect there. 
And this is actually kind of how today's topic came about because this is actually stemming off a conversation that I had with one of my clients yesterday. If you're listening, love you so much. <laughs> love you long time, literally. I've literally been working with this client probably nearly over two years now. And uh, the relationship that we have is just so brutally honest and amazing. But I wanted to talk through something that in particular she was struggling with. And I wanted to share it with you guys just in case like you're struggling with it as well and some really tangible things so that will help you move through it as well. So this is this whole concept of good and bad foods. However, of course, that's not the problem. The problem was my client was really struggling with overeating sweets and chocolate at nighttime. And I know this is like a really, really common thing that a lot of people are struggling with. And the reason why it's actually happening for so many people is because they're not allowing themselves to eat it. And this is this whole concept is like labeling foods as good and bad, aka labeling food as bad, is actually doing more harm than good because what's happening actually fostering like a really unhealthy relationship with food it's promoting restriction and as soon as we have any sort of restrictions in our diet the inner rebel comes out on us and like oh bitch i'm gonna eat that because i'm not allowed to do it and all of a sudden you lose control you lose control and eat all the sugar So this is why I wanted to break down kind of what we've been going through with this particular client and kind of the sequence of events that's moving us forward. So she presented to me that like two weeks ago, she was really struggling with really wanting to have lots of sweets at nighttime. So what did we do? We unpacked why, why she was struggling. So I asked her things like, what's going on at nighttime? Like, why are you wanting to have sugar? The first thing that she said to me, she was like, well, because it's forbidden. Like I'm not allowed to have more than one serve of Maltesers. I can't have an ice cream and chocolate. I can't have this and that. And then I asked her, why? Why can't you have multiple things? And then she replied as, well, growing up, like I wasn't allowed to have dessert unless I'd finished my meal. I wasn't allowed to have more than one sweet after dinner and I wasn't allowed to have it a lot of the time unless it was like a treat you know it was a perceived like I've done something good and then the only reason I could have it is because it was like you know well done celebration so what was actually happening is that she would allow herself to have a chocolate right then after eating that chocolate she wasn't necessarily satisfied So then she would constantly have that internal battle of, I can't have any more. I can't have more. Nope, 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 nope. But eventually, fuck it. I'm going to eat all of it. And goes into the cupboard and then loses control. So what was actually happening is because she still had these mental restrictions of, I can only eat this if it's a treat, I can only have one, I can't have two because that's bad or I can't have more of one serving of this food, therefore it's bad and I can't have it, right? All these rules that she has created in her head 
causing this restriction on this food. And the thing is, guys, is that you have to remember is that our relationship with food is developed from the day we were born. Like we have learnt everything from somewhere, right? Like think about a child. Like they're, you're taught everything, how to walk, how to go to the toilet. Like these are all learnt behaviours. And the thing is, is like I'm not blaming or shaming our parents or anything like that. However, it's really common if your parents have an unhealthy relationship with food in terms of like constantly doing diets and constantly not eating bad things and constantly restricting stuff and starting diets, that's what you know. That's what you've learned. And that's what you're going to do as well. It's our parents that are teaching us what's right and wrong. Okay, cool. We've now learned that eating one chocolate at nighttime is only, we're only allowed to do that. We can't have two. That makes it wrong. So then we get that internal battle and that constant back and forth. And then all of a sudden we give in and then there's the problem. So what the hell to do to actually overcome this? Was number one, most importantly for you guys, is you have to understand where this learnt behavior came from and understand the rule, right? And when I say rule, this can be anything. This can be calling a food bad. This can be, I'm only allowed to have one treat at nighttime. This can be, I can't eat after 7 p.m. Any sort of restriction around food and our ability to eat is that rule, okay? And that's what you've got to be hyper aware of. And a lot of the times you don't really realize that it's playing out and then it's happening until like our coaching session, you know, yesterday when I pointed out is like, well, this is what you've learned and this is what you're living out. And now you're shaming yourself for wanting something because you perceive it as bad and wrong, even though eating a little bit of extra chocolate night time is not that bad. Because on the flip side, it's like when we have a healthy relationship with food and normalize it, we can eat whatever we want when we want it. You know, you have a little bit of extra chocolate, then you move on. No, no, that might be hard for, to understand if you're not there yet. Process. Okay. So understanding where these rules are coming from and understand where you learned it. Was it from your parents? Was it from school? Was it from social media? right? We are learning things every single day. Like we are pulling things from everywhere and then we're cycling through our brain either to be like, yep, I believe that that's true or no, I don't believe that that's not true. Like we are like, and this is the thing. And I love talking about this is a belief. Like a belief is something that we think is true. It doesn't necessarily mean it's actually true, right? And this is this whole thing. Okay. I've been taught that having too much chocolate is bad. Well, why? Why is that actually bad? Yes, eating chocolate in excess and not, you know, nourishing your body correctly. Yeah, I can see how that can be bad. But having, you know, you have four pieces and then you need an extra two and an extra three to just feel satisfied and happy. Why is that bad? Right? And this is where the next piece of this all comes into it. It's, you got to challenge your rules, challenge these beliefs that we have created, challenging these beliefs like this carbohydrate one is so great all over social media. I see it all the time. Low carb diet, it's the best way to lose weight. Yeah, it's going to help you lose weight because number one, you're cutting out a whole macronutrient and number two, 
It's also going to decrease water retention because carbohydrates, for every gram of carbohydrate, we hold on to like four grams of water. So absolutely, it's going to help you lose weight. However, what happens when you eat all the carbs again? You're going to put it back on. (laughs) So this is why we have to challenge every rule and belief that we have in our brains. So for example, with my client, what we did, we unpacked what these rules really were. And for her in particular, it was... I can only have one dessert. I can only have one. So again, creating that restriction that she can only have one. Therefore, shaming herself and feeling really guilty when she wanted more, she wasn't allowed to have it and falls back into that rebel fuck it face. So what do we have to do? Just challenge these rules and be like, why the hell can't you have more than that? More than a little bit more than one ice cream. And this is this whole piece and it's intuitive eating principle. Number one is giving yourself full permission to eat what you want when you want it. And this is normalizing food. Because when we have a neutral feeling with food, as in I can eat this today, I can eat this tomorrow, and that is fine, the novelty and the excitement of these foods wears off. So how to know if you have like some restrictions in place in your diet? A really big red flag is that you're getting really excited about eating something. You're like, oh my God, yes. Yes, of course, there's an element of like food brings joy, food is happy, like ultimate foodie over here. Like I'm here for it. However, there's this different energy between like, I want something so much because I haven't had it in two years versus, oh my God, I'm so excited to go out for cocktails and a pizza on Friday night and it's just going to be a vibe, right? There's two different energies there. The problem lies if you're in that category, in that basket of, oh my God, I'm so excited to eat this because I haven't eaten it for like so long and then I'm probably not going to allow myself to eat it again because like it's bad. Okay, that's a big red flag that you might have this problem. And this is the thing, guys. It's like if you are struggling with this, this is how like you go out for dinner and you see people around you and they're so cool, calm and collected in and around food. They're not stressing about it. They're like, you know, they can leave it on the table. You know, they get presented. Maybe it's, you know, a big share bowl of fries and like everyone's cool, calm, collected in and around it. However, you might be over in the side being like, oh my God, I want to eat all of them. Why isn't there anyone else eating them? Why am I the only one eating them? Like what's going on? Like, oh my God, I'm eating too much. I'm eating more than everyone else. And, you know, the cycle goes on. <laughs> I laugh because I know exactly how it feels because I was there. And that's it. It's like because these people have a healthy relationship with food and these people don't call those chips bad, those people look at those chips and then they're like, oh, they're hot chips. That's it, right? Labeling it as bad is actually not that common. It might be common in the world that we're in because that is diet culture to the absolute T. However, it's the cause of these like really insecure feelings about, you know, should I touch it? Should I not touch it? Can I eat it? Can I not eat it? (laughs) And this is what I say is a measure of success is like being able to sit in and around a bowl of chips and not have all these anxious feelings. Because once you have, like, once you stop labeling food, that's when you can be calm, cool, collected and be like, yeah, I want these chips. Or, oh no, I don't actually want these chips. Like I can eat chips whenever. Okay. So what you guys really have to realize is that labeling food as bad is actually operating from a place of fear. And this is exactly what was happening with my client. 
So she had this rule of she can't have more than one dessert at night time because it was bad. And this is the next step in the, like, you guys have to have that level of thinking and understanding of why it's bad. Why am I actually calling that bad? What is the real thing that I'm actually afraid of? And this is the thing with food labeling. What you're doing if you're labeling food is you're actually operating from a level of fear. It's your ego coming in to tell you that you can't have that food because of what will happen if you do. And the thing is, is that a lot of these beliefs are coming in from if I eat this, if I eat this bad food, I'm going to gain weight. And I'm so terrified of gaining weight that I'm going to do anything. My ego is going to come in and protect me and do anything from doing that. Therefore, I'm going to avoid these bad foods, which is leading to that binge restrict rat. With this fear of weight gain, we have to understand, yes, it's the fear of weight gain, but subconsciously, it is much deeper than the fear of weight gain. It's what will happen to us if we gain weight. And this is a really important thing to understand and really important thing to reflect on. It's because like we're made to, we're wired to belong. We're wired for survival. And if gaining weight to your subconscious brain is equaling, well, if I gain weight, then I'm going to look really bad in my clothes. And if I look really bad in my clothes, I'm not going to be attractive when I go out. And if I'm not attractive, I'm not desirable. People are not going to like what I look like people don't like what I look like, then how am I ever going to find it like fall in love? How am I ever going to be lovable? Right? So it's actually this fear that's driving the, I can't have more than one dessert because I'm so deeply afraid of what's going to happen. So we can't have the cookies. We can't have the pizza and we can't have the pasta. And that's the thing. It's really important to unpack this is because we're operating from these limiting beliefs of feeling undesirable, even though it's surf- even though it's coming off as the fear of weight gain. We're operating from this fear of, you know, if I gain weight, what will happen? And that's why we have to come in and challenge that belief. Well, that's not actually true. Because if we keep operating from this place of fear, fear that we won't be accepted, we won't be lovable, we're not worthy, is then it's really not going to change our eating patterns. And that's the thing is that we absolutely are lovable regardless of what we look like. We're absolutely so worthy of everything and anything because our worth doesn't come from our body shape. Our worth doesn't come from what we look like or the clothes that we wear. Sure, there's a bit of flair in our personality, but our worth comes from who we are. And it comes from just being. Being on this planet makes us worthy. And when we can love and accept ourselves for that, it really helps us shift this whole idea in and around food rules. So guys, just to summarize that a little bit, I went deep there. I love that because it's so important and more people need to be aware of it. It's like, yeah, we're calling these foods good and bad, but like why? It's because we're freaking operating from that place of fear. It's our ego coming in to protect us. When we realize that we don't need that protection and we're so happy and so okay because we actually are okay where we're at, then it does get a little bit easier. And the thing is with all of this, guys, it's like we are taught all of this from, you know, from school, from our parents, from university. Like 
you know, the food pyramid. Like, you can only have these certain amounts of food. And, like, the national dietary guidelines where a lot of what I prescribe as nutrition advice is stemming from is, like, you should only be having X amount of discrepancy foods a day. And, yes, I understand where it's coming from, absolutely, in terms of, like, energy control, like, weight loss and, you know, not eating too much of it because if we do ultimately eat too much, then, yeah, we're going to be in an unhealthy space. However, but it's, it's this whole thing of, like, okay, we're creating these rules that these discrepancy foods can only have two and a half serves a day, but, like, how, what is that doing psychologically on people? If that's making people fear foods and if that sort of information is making people, you know, feel bad and feel guilty about having them, even in just like moderation and small amounts, if this sort of information is, you know, making people terrified of eating them, then is it really that helpful? And especially coming from a space of like perfectionism, like us perfectionists we like things to be perfect and like perfectionism gets thrown around a lot and this is something that I'm really learning in and around myself is like perfectionism is something is like oh yeah the perfectionist x y and z but perfectionism can actually be debilitating like there are so many times in my life like literally last week that something I perceived wasn't good enough and I could not stop thinking about it and it was derailing me, sent me into a spiral and it triggered me and it was, it was this big thing and it was like one thing not being perfect. And I talk about this in relation to like good and bad foods is because like as a perfectionist, it's like, well, I can't have that bad food and I need things to be perfect and if I have that, I'm so not okay with the uncertainty of the perceived weight gain that I am projecting now that's going to happen, even though that's not necessarily true. That's my truth and what I'm projecting and thinking that's going to happen. When in reality, it's not. So I understand nutrition education is really, really important in teaching people like about proteins and fats and carbs and like, you know, foods that are high in saturated fat and foods that are lower in saturated fats and things that we should have more often. Like, absolutely, I'm so here for this. Like, don't misscrew what I'm saying right now and being like, oh my God, she's saying to eat chocolate every meal. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we need to stop labeling food and fearing it of, you know, because of what will happen because (laughs) including these foods on a regular basis every day is actually healthy because when we look at health health is not just what we're putting into our physical body right health is our mental health our physical health our spiritual health it's everything and if our mind is so preoccupied about you know the extra calories that we've eaten and how we feel guilty for eating these bad foods and how we've been eating too much the question is it's like is that even healthy? This mental restriction is just as bad as physical restriction. And like, I love to use this example and thinking about it all the time. It's like, like eating at maintenance calories for someone, it's like 2000 calories, 2200, even 2400, right? And like, we're aiming to have like 30% coming from proteins, 30% coming from fats, and then 40% coming from carbohydrates. 
if like, you know, 10% of the fat and like 20 even percent of the carbs were coming from these bad, quote unquote, bad foods, then how is that even unhealthy? So now we understand why it's really important to remove these labels. How the hell do we go about actually implementing it? What are some tangible things that you can do? So what we're doing with my client, back to the example, is we're normalizing all the foods that she quote unquote still is not allowed to have. So we're including these fear foods into her diet on a regular basis. So how do, what will this actually look like? So for her, for example, she's going to have tiny teddies in with her recess and she's going to have Oreos and an, an ice cream at nighttime. Having these fear foods in a really easy, controllable way. A good way of doing this, right, is like, for example, I had baked oats this morning that had oats, protein powder, banana, so many good complex carbohydrates, source of protein, fiber, right? Then I added a row of dairy milk chocolate as my fat source in the meal. Like how freaking satisfying is that? And how freaking delicious is that? I was full. I was satisfied. And I didn't even need an, eat another meal because I was literally like so full until lunchtime. Normally I'll have a little snack, but that got me through and I was frothing. And that's the thing, guys. It's like we're so afraid of eating more, but it's like, remember, the body has its natural thermostat of its hunger and fullness cues. So if you do eat more, say at one meal, right, it's then going to affect your hunger for the next meal. Maybe you, you won't be as hungry or maybe you will, can eat a little bit later or, or, you know. We're so quick to jump to these negative things because all our, a lot of our decisions are really based in and around fear. Fear of what will happen to us if we do it. So I'll keep you updated on my client and how she's going in terms of, yeah, increasing her fun foods during the week and really creating that really, you know, neutral place and that's where I want everyone to get to and I personally believe that we need to get into that neutral place before we even think about going into a calorie deficit and dieting and that's why in the Fit and Free Academy literally I have three phases the first phase is it's I call it repair and this is the place where we get to heal our relationship with food we get to make sure our metabolism is healthy and up and running in terms of making sure we're getting rid of any signs and symptoms of long-term restriction so you know hormone imbalances poor digestion not seeing body composition changes and this is the phase where we're just literally eating at maintenance Nothing crazy, nothing special, no reverse dieting, things like that. All it is is eating at maintenance, planned maintenance. Then once we're feeling freaking amazing and alive, we then move into an activation phase is where we do a calorie deficit. I always like to say everyone needs to prove the right to diet in terms of, because like I've seen what happens if you don't have a healthy relationship with food, if you go into a diet, you're probably going to rebound after it. Any sort of restriction on top of restriction equals death no it doesn't equal death it just means equals a failed diet attempt so super important and then of course the third phase is moving into that maintenance period of learning how to maintain those results without falling off the bandwagon so guys i hope that really gave you an insight of why we really need to remove the good and the bad foods 
and how the bad food labeling and any sort of food rules can actually be the reason why you're overeating and losing control of your food. And, you know, always, I really hope I'm in the back of your mind being like, restriction fuels obsession, restriction fuels obsession, (laughs) because that's it. If we restrict, is that's when we come into these binge restrict cycles. So I really hope this was helpful. Send me a DM if it was. I'd love to hear from you guys. And I will see you in the next episode. Ciao. Actually, I'll say doo because that's what you say in Holland. The number one challenge that all my clients face before we start working together is a lack of clarity on how much and what to eat to lose weight. Often they are making two huge mistakes, constantly trying to skip meals or eat under 1600 calories. Secondly, only allowing themselves bad foods like chocolate on the weekend, but end up binging all to tell themselves they're gonna start again on Monday. If you feel like you have tried every diet under the sun, still can't figure out what to eat to achieve your weight loss goals, take my free two-minute quiz. You can find the link in the show notes down below and it will help you figure out exactly what you're doing wrong with your nutrition and exercise and exactly what to do to fix it so that you can finally be confident in your body and achieve your weight loss goals.